0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke.
1: Glory to you, Lord Christ.
0: In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. The gospel
1: of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas to all of you. Merry this is indeed a holy night. This is the night when we don't just celebrate the birth of Jesus. It's not just about his uh, birthday, but rather we celebrate something that's even more magnificent and more grand than we can hardly imagine. And that is the reality of God becoming one of us. God putting on flesh and walking among us. Living lives like we live, knowing what it is to struggle, to have pain, to have suffering of loss. Tonight we celebrate that. We celebrate Emmanuel, God with us. I know that many of you are here tonight probably because you're of the house and lineage of a certain family, just as that first family was that went to Bethlehem. And there are many traditions that I am sure are being relived tonight in every household. Some of those traditions perhaps go back generations. And those are so important and so much a part of how we celebrate and lift up in joy this great holy night. And I think we should never make light of that, even though we might feel sometimes like that isn't always the most holy or religious thing to do, because that is a part of what connects us with our own past and in a sense that leads to the future in our families as well. In our own family, we have gathered uh, over the years uh, a number of uh, nativity scenes of creches. And there's one, however, that has always been the one that I've cherished the most and I think probably has been cherished the most by the children in the family, by our two boys. A couple that we were serving with in Turkey now over 30 years ago uh, made a trip to Jerusalem and they came back and gave us uh, a little nativity set that I'm sure you've probably seen uh, copies of uh, and I saw a copy of it just the other day. It's a very simply uh, cut nativity scene out of olive wood, and it's not ornamental at all. It's very basic. But what was so special about it in our family was that our son at the time was perhaps around a year old or a year and a half, and he could play with that nativity set. (laughs) He couldn't play with some of the others. And as I thought about that, I thought that that, in a way, is what I think God hopes for us. Is that our faith can be so real that we can, in a sense, play with it. We can touch it. We can make it real in our lives. That nativity set, in a sense, is a sign to me that God is willing to come among us in a way that is breakable, perhaps. But also in a way that we can touch and feel and become a part of. Tonight is the Christ Mass. And we celebrate this as an event that's been faithfully celebrated by Christians for over 2000 years in so many different ways on so many different continents. But as we celebrate it, I think it's extremely important for us to sense that at the heart of this celebration is something that didn't happen just 2000 plus years ago, but rather something that is happening here tonight. In the hearts of the people who are gathered here for worship. That is what is important this night. What is important tonight is God coming among us. The Christ present with us. Present with us as we gather as a community of faith. Present with us as we heard the gospel proclaimed. Present with us, especially in the sacrament of the Eucharist. As we gather around that table and share in the bread and the wine. The presence of Christ made real. I think one of the wonders of Christmas is that we need to be called back to this reality that God came among us and came among very ordinary people. We can lose sight of that, especially as we look at the nativity sets that are so perfect and are so beautiful. Those canonized figures. That were a part of that, oh holy night. But in fact, they were ordinary people, people like you and me. And I think that that's what we need to recall this night. The author, Verna Dozier, cautioned It is possible that in our rush to make the men and women of the biblical drama so different from us, so special, so canonized, so set apart, we miss the majesty of god's actions that god acts through ordinary human beings like you and me there is a real danger that we will look back on that first night and say that that was different somehow and i'm so different from that the fact is that god came into the humanness of a human family if We are to find any truth, I think, in the Incarnation, if it's to have the ring of truth for us. Jesus had to be born into a human family, just like yours and mine. And sometimes those human families are pretty strange, pretty dysfunctional. And I'm sure that there are those of you sitting there thinking, there's no way that Jesus could have been a part of my family. But listen to what we learn if we go back to Matthew's gospel and look at Jesus family in Matthew's gospel. We have the genealogy of Jesus, all of his ancestors. Most of them are men, but there are four women who are listed. Tamar, who was the victim of rape by her brother. Ruth, who was a foreigner to the faith. Rahab, who had been a prostitute. And Bathsheba, who had been involved in adultery. And yet those four women were included in Jesus genealogy. They were named as a part of Jesus family. That is too part of what Jesus lived with. He lived with a family history that perhaps some would not want to raise up for everyone to see. But in fact, that was his family. The Christmas story isn't just about the angels, the holy family and a star. It's about people whose lives might have been very dysfunctional. If you think about the fact that Mary was probably in her early teens when she became pregnant. And can you imagine the talk in the town when people found out that Mary was with child? After all, she had not yet married Joseph. They were only betrothed. And even though that was a very special relationship, it still was not one that one would expect a child to be born to. So Jesus came into a family whose situation in the very beginning was complicated at the least. And then, of course, there's Joseph who had to somehow deal with this reality of Mary being pregnant. Would he simply send her off and not deal with it? And we see in this family, as difficult as their situation was, faithfulness that allowed them to rise above the complications of those circumstances. They were a family that in many ways people would have looked at and said, there isn't much hope for that family. Into all of that, God came. Holiness became fully present in the most ordinary And that continues to happen today. God continues to be present in the ordinary part of our lives, not just in those special, very high and wonderful moments of our lives, but in the ordinary times. Holiness became present in the scandal. Holiness became present in their poverty, in their powerlessness, in their loneliness, in their helplessness. What happened that holy night? Was that God became really and truly present in the midst of that family. God didn't come to the home of a warrior. God didn't come to the home of one of the priests of the temple. God didn't come to the rich or to the powerful. But rather came to a carpenter's family who were poor, struggling, And trying to find a place even to have their child that night in Bethlehem. A holy happening in an ordinary setting to ordinary people just like you and me. And that is the way that God came that holy night. And that's the way that God comes to us today. God is made real, not in the spectacular, but in the things of everyday life, not in the supernatural, but in the common This holy night is light as unlike any other before or since for on this night, God entered history. This time God came not as a voice, not as a bush that would not stop burning, not as a cloud or a pillar of fire, not as a whirlwind, not in the words of a prophet, a priest, a judge or a king. Not as an angel or not even just as kind of a spiritual feeling, but as one of us in flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. Our participation in that grand mystery does not end this night, does not end at the end of our celebration of Christmas, but it continues to grow within us. It grows within us day after day after day. And ultimately what we learn is that God seeks to come and be present and incarnate in us. Because as the body of Christ, as individual members of the body of Christ, we are little Christs that are called to go out into the world and to make God present there as well. And so this night as we celebrate an event that happened more than 2,000 years ago, we celebrate even more the event that is happening tonight in the hearts of the people gathered here. Because the manger after all this night is the manger that is found within each one of our hearts. A manger that is there, ready to receive the Christ child once again. May this Christmas... Be a blessing to you. But even more than that. May you be a blessing. As you go out from here. And carry the Christ child. Within you. Amen.